Welcome to the More Than Fitness Podcast. Oh, it's going good, man. I love your name that you put for yourself. <laughs> the shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I figured I would just be quite honest and, and just portray reality right now. <laughs> I don't think lying is the answer. I, I don't think so either. I mean, if you're, yeah, I mean, if you're the shit, then I guess just let me know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been good. I have been good. I've been busy, uh, which has been great during this time and staying busy and we just recently moved back to Kentucky so getting used to the humidity and the worst possible way to live your life here uh, as far <laughs> as humidity goes I hate humidity it, it is a there's a, a a nice damp blanket every time you you step outside in Kentucky you you typically uh, you walk outside and then you get punched in the face with moisture it's kind of how it goes it's a giant wet hug yeah, yeah. it's a constant wet hug you're just you know, so, I mean, for those, I guess you could be in a relationship or not, but you, you've been hugged by a very, like, a very sweaty person. <laughs> and that's how you feel when you go outside. Yeah, no, but but it really is. It, it's it's nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's just thick. It's just nice and thick. Um, but it's all good. It's 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 part of Kentucky. We we and we can also have multiple seasons within like two weeks, um, uh, possibly even a week, uh, and, possibly and, even a day. Yeah, no, it's 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 how it is. But but I enjoy it. I, how is it? How does it feel to be back? Is is it you enjoying it? Yeah, man, it's been good. Um, home, home ownership uh, is has been good. Uh, we've painted. I painted my room. Or my office. Oh, I like it. It's a dark blue. Yeah, it's just yes. a nice little navy there. Yeah. So the house was built around 1922-ish. And I don't think that wall, the walls of my office had been painted since the mid-90s. So oh, got it. here we go. <laughs> got painted it, it blue. It's a is darker it, blue. Is there some, some shag carpeting on the ground as well? It's not shag. I think the, the carpet was put in probably also in the 90s. Thankfully, not the 70s or the 80s but the 90s carpet it's not it's flush enough but not to the point where there's like um kind of like fluff balls that come off of it you know right uh it, it's it's plush to the point if i lay down on it i'm pretty comfortable um that's important so yeah there's wood there's great wood floors underneath it so the rest of our house is wood floors and for some odd reason people got into this idea that they wanted carpet everywhere instead of instead of wood um yeah so dude, I, I, well, we'll listen, listen, pull it up though listen dude i hope everyone's taking notes because this podcast we're starting off strong with with some carpet talk and so uh, i don't know if people know this or not but we are it's life-changing we're also home improvement people so we can we can help you get in some great shape help make your life better but also we can talk about which carpet to to put in your house or, or what to paint the walls we're we're very uh um uh, uh what is it uh, we're we're good at multiple things. That's what it is. Yeah, well, mul we're multiversed, and I, I think I think it's really important to know um, that Matt and I do have a a YouTube channel, a DIY YouTube channel together. <laughs> um, so if you go on YouTube and search for Dude, that, you'll, you'll did definitely you find it. The 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 dad that went viral on YouTube that like yeah, I, I saw that from your email list. Oh yes, oh yeah, because I wanted to share it with everybody. Um, yeah. I thought it was just so cool. That's awesome. Some I needed. People, I need all those videos. Listen, man, because it, this, this, so this, this dad basically made a YouTube channel for all the kids out there, or even adults that that had never had a father. Um, and, and his channel, his channel was called, um, uh, oh shoot, what was it called again? Like, mm. uh, it was like, um, 
shoot. Something about like, hi, dad, can you help me or something like that? Or like, dad, yeah, what do it's, I, um, dad, what dad, do I do? How do I? Dad, how do I? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I was on yeah. your email list. So that's why. There we go. Yeah. I, so I, yeah. I slipped up there, but yeah, dad, how do I? And so basically all he does is answer a bunch of questions that a, uh, a typical quote unquote dad would answer. So like how to change the oil in your car, how to iron a shirt, how to fold laundry, like all these different things and all these different videos. Uh, and, and this guy is just, he, he, he didn't like he's not part of anything. He's just a regular guy putting out videos for, for people who didn't have a dad. And then it blew up on Twitter. Like I'm saying, like, I think like 2 million retweets or something like that. So well deserved though. And, and, and I I looked, I looked at his account, like in the picture, if you look on Twitter and you see the the picture, it says like 15,000 subscribers or something, which is still great. Like it's awesome for what he was doing. Cause there's no production value with any, this dude setting up his phone or camera or something and just hitting record. Um, there's no editing, nothing. Uh, but then I just checked the other day. He's over two million followers, over two million subscribers, subscribers. and That's it's just amazing. The and, power of the internet, man! Oh my gosh, it's just it's good. I'm just happy when good people win. You know what I'm saying? It's like this guy. Yeah. He was completely harmless, completely genuine. He didn't have to do this. There was no. This wasn't like his job. He wasn't a YouTuber or anything. But it's called Dad. How do I? Um, and it's just I, I thought it was such a cool concept. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think that's a great topic to actually touch on here first. So. Um, past carpeting and past Matt Knife's <laughs> yeah. DIY channel um, that has zero subscribers uh, currently, but we're catching up to Dad How Do I for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think the topic that I have had it, I've discussed it periodically th- throughout the last three or four episodes with people because I'm just super interested. Um, I had recently, I've recently finished reading The Black Swan um, uh, by Taleb and, or is it Taleb or Taleb? Doesn't matter. We know who you're talking about. Tomato, potato. So in that book, he talks, he does mention serendipity and um, just the act of randomness that kind of happens through serendipitous actions or through serendipitous effort um, or that happens through effort, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that's very important uh, just to discuss and, and to talk about um, and I also mentioned this on my previous episode um, with Danny, but I had recently made a post um, on Instagram yesterday. Which, dude, I'm, um, catch- I'm catching up with while you look for it. I'm catching up with a bunch of podcasts now, now that I can actually go back to the gym, because that was actually my main source of listening to podcasts was bes- besides like co- uh, comedy podcasts for entertainment. Like my yeah. main source of podcasting was during the gym. Uh, so I because I can knock one out like if it's an hour long, typically I can knock one out. So I'm excited about that. Same like I me, me it's walking. Um, so now I'm we're about a, a mile from our gym. Um, so we just walk to the gym. So that's a great way to kind of catch up on some stuff um, to and from the gym. Uh, but anyways, the the point of my post yesterday, uh, I took a, um, a couple lines from a Mumford song that I, I really love. And uh, that song's called Delta. Um, it's the album single on their, their newest album. And the line reads, what's beyond, I can c- clearly see that beyond, that's beyond me. Mm. And it's like, man, if that isn't so true, um, when looking at, you know, relevant to my life, like I can put it in the context of my own life, like seeing things from the past, like you can clearly see, like maybe this is what led to that, or this is what led to that. 
um, or at least you can you can sort of extrapolate some things and forecast some things as far as seeing how things may have happened and um, kind of to to build on John Berardi's um, point of it's easy to look back and understand that you've grown, but it's nearly impossible to look forward and see that you're going to continue to grow. Um, and I, I really parallel that to that beyond that's beyond me because what is beyond is beyond all of us. And I wrote that in that caption, but we don't quite know what's beyond us. And to talk about dad, how do I's YouTube channel, like the dude is just putting out, he's being a, you know, a good person. He's putting out content that he knows helps and he's doing what he wants to do without any expectation of return a reward or he's going to blow up. He's not doing it to go viral. He's doing it just to help. And I think through reading Taleb's book, talking about not only luck, but also the, the act of randomness, you don't know if you're going to blow up, but of what I've experienced in my past of my channel blowing, like my Instagram platform blowing up over, you know, gaining 200,000 followers in, you know, whatever, eight to 10 months. Right. And it was like, I didn't expect that. I didn't prepare for that. I was just trying to put out good stuff and it just happened to catch on to something that's multiple, you know, plenty of people shared at least once or twice. And then it was like, hey, sweet. Um, yeah. But I think that's just an important concept. But understanding, I'll finish and, and let you go here. But as far as, as far as the importance of putting in the daily efforts um, without the expectation of return, I think is a great mindset to be in and just doing the right thing and showing up how you need to show up, being a good person um, and putting out the best things that you can, but doing it without that expectation of return. And if that were to come out or if it were to happen, man, what a what an awesome situation to be in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, I heard I heard this concept first from from Gary Vee from Gary Vaynerchuk um and and uh you know despite what people think about Gary Vee or whatever I'm a huge fan but but he said something on this topic that I think about sums up what you were saying and it, he said karma is very practical and so especially good karma uh so the 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 actions that we take on a regular basis so dad how do I right like he he did these these videos and then one day somebody catches it on Twitter and then social media just essentially rewards his good behavior for uh what he what he's been doing without e him even realizing it so so yeah I think uh the the concept of karma is practical because it's just it's just it, it's practical in the sense of uh, benefiting everyone else, but also in, yeah, benefiting yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that good karma, it, it just, uh, it, it replicates itself so easily whenever you're, you're doing it on a regular basis. It's just like, whenever you consistently stack the cards in your favor over and over and over and over again, it's like, all you need is, is that one little spark or whatever, that one person to post you on Twitter. And then that's your kind of your, your virality moment. Uh, um, or it's like, you could, you could, because I don't know how you consume content, but whenever I find somebody that like, I really, uh, that I really fuck with, like their content, what they stand for, who they are as a person, I will typically go in if, if they have a bunch of different things. So if they have uh, whatever podcast or YouTube channel or Instagram content or something like that, I'll go through and read 
all of their stuff, listen to it, watch it all. Like I, I consume obsessively with people that I, I find. Um, and then especially try and if I'm trying to take a part of them, extract whatever value, uh, or, or, or relatability or things that I look up to in them. And I try steal to responsibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's exactly right. I try It's like, I want to steal whatever it is that I look up to in them to try and, uh, uh mold it into myself to be more malleable as a person, basically. Yeah. And I, we've talked about that before on a, on a previous episode. Um, mm. that concept that Austin Cleon's concept of like stealing, stealing responsibly. And we all kind of like originally work off these these frameworks of others, um, which is the totality of history since forever, um, especially since the written word uh, and the kind of the scribe of writing down thoughts and being able to pass information on from generation to generation. And I think one, that's a documented uh catalyst and catapult of our species is being able to learn from past generations because most things they're born and then they have to be taught all of these lessons and if they're born into someone that has you know you're not able to to pull on if we just simply got to experience and work off of those immediately around us all of us would be in a very different place like even more so than we are to, I think, a, to look at it from a big picture. But I think big picture, we're at least all on a on a relatable playing field as far as information that we're able to to gain or information that we're able to kind of look up. Um, and so the idea or concepts behind that, I think, are I think are super interesting. Um, yeah, well, dude, we talked about that before. Yeah, well, sure. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think from a individual standpoint obviously like from a uh if you want to call it selfish standpoint like yeah I, i'm gonna take from all these different people and and nowadays with with social media and you have a tons of different i mean you have the world at your fingertips as far as information goes and who you want to actually steal from but if you if you're where you're talking about it like if you go way back whenever you first had tribes of people right and you have yeah you have tribe a who has this certain set of beliefs that allows them to function regularly and without killing each other and to to advance their tribe. And then you have tribe B who may have similar values and, and things like that to, to make them progress forward. But then whenever tribe A and tribe B come together, then it's the uh, um, it, it, it's somewhat the conglomerate of of ideas, and it's the uh, uh, the sex between those ideas, right? Like as as people have said before, uh, and then then you form the values and and uh, uh, principles of Tribe C, and that's putting them both together. And then it's just like, okay, I'm going to take the good from ours, and take I'm going to take the good from Tribe A, I'm going to take the good from Tribe B, and then that whenever they come together, that's going to allow us to be Tribe C. And then over time. You further develop these ideas and and allow yourself to progress even faster, right? Because then it, then it uh, uh, whatever it can become, well, exponential to a point, at least to now, right, or whatever it is uh, yeah. where where we're getting to now. Uh, and I think that now we're just able to do that at such an, a more advanced rate. Where tribe A and tribe B, you know, they're traveling miles by foot to reach other people, or or they just run into them randomly while they're out hunting or or moving around to a different spot or something like that. And then it's, 
uh, yeah, but but now we have Instagram or or uh, podcasts or YouTube or something, and we can go and search search in Google for keywords of what we're interested in, and then you can go and find people who are uh, part of your hypothetical tribe. And why, that's why I think it's so cool to do what we do, and it's what I've. It, it, I think it's one of the main things that I strive for, and it might just be because I love these comedy podcasts. I love Joe Rogan. I love their their little groups. Like they're just Joe Rogan and all of his comedian friends. Uh, they're just they're just buddies, and they have this network of success, basically. Um, and then also they can feed off of each other, and then they also have people like me, the fans, right? And they're they're I'm so loyal to these people. Like I watch these people every single week. Like I know when their, their podcasts come out, I watch it and it's just, and, and I watch it every week and they, it builds off of each other. So what I'm saying is that like one of my big aspirations as being whatever, an entrepreneur or, or being able to build my own business and brand and things like that. And basically my own message, like what I stand for, like, like Seth Godin says, like people like us think like this, uh, or do things like this, right? And that's that's essentially what I've been trying to uh, build with my because I want to I want to have an IG live on the weekend whenever I'm I'm sitting around with wine and do a Q and A and just hang out with people who with with like minded people or or uh, I don't know if we talked about this before but like hearted people it, they don't have to exactly think the same way that I do uh, or have the same upbringing or whatever but they at least their intentions are pure and they're they're genuine people and they want to get better uh, or they just want to laugh or and or be entertained or or whatever but it's like I want to uh, I would love to have. Uh, that aspect to just have a bunch of virtual friends, to be honest, like obviously on top of the human interaction as well. But, but I think I, I know my intentions are good. And so I think it would be, it's selfish for me because I enjoy it, but it's also a net good for the world because I feel like I know that my intentions are good to help other people. And so like, I want it sounds so narcissistic, but it's like, it sounds narcissistic, but it's like, I want people like me to have a big impact because I know that I'm genuinely looking out for my fellow man or something. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, it's what, it's what Gary Vee talks about and everybody else who's, who's, who's really good. And they might not even say it directly like that, but, but they know in their hearts that they're not trying to just extract dollars from people. And they're actually trying to, to make a difference w with people. And so it's just like, Selfishly, I want that for my own entertainment, uh, not even like ego, because it's not even it's not even from an ego perspective for me. I'm sure there's a little bit of that in there. But like for the most part, it's just like I want I want other people to feel as good as I do the majority of the time. And, and I, I typically and I know that you're you you're um, pretty easygoing and probably happy the majority of the time or at least neutral which which we can we can get into on the the concept of of, of freedom and, and happiness and, and things like that because I think it's so interesting but but as far as uh, uh having an absence of misery I, I feel like I have that for the majority of my life uh, and I just I want I know that other people out there are suffering just you know and of course I, I I'm suffering in my own ways too but some people are suffering more than I am and if I can help decrease that suffering I think, that's what I should be doing. Yeah, I I'll pull off that and just say like my biggest 
understanding kind of my own thesis I work off of as far as creating, whether we're using uh, Gandhi here, whatever you're kind of trying to use as your compass, like be the change you want to see in the world, but use your powers for good, use your, your levels of influence for good, use your knowledge base and your curiosity for good. And all of that directly stems off of improving the lives of those directly around you and immediately around you. Um, and the chance that I'm going to have in any impact on the big scale of this world, next to nothing, mm -hmm. I mean, for the both of us. But the impact that we can have socially now because of how our social media landscapes are, and networks are built, I know that these conversations that we're having now, you know, let's say between the two of our podcasts, this conversation reaches a hundred thousand people. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. To fake the metrics to everyone. No, <laughs> yeah. let's say it. But realistically, this this conversation that we're having right now could realistic realistically reach a few thousand people mm -hmm. over the next month or so. Sure. And then those three thousand people then start to maybe talk about some concepts that we're talking about with their people. And that's how these ripple effects start to happen. And I think that's why these conversations are important. I think that's really why we enjoy to have them, not only because of our selfish endeavors of wanting to spend time together and chat, um, while also trying to be somewhat productive towards our end goal, our, our horizon, as I've been kind of, we've been talking about on this podcast quite a bit, on my podcast, since we're both going to be posting this one, I think. Yeah. Um, but as far as, as far as, kind of having that horizon, having that North Star um, in wanting to make the world a better place, I think it is, there is selfishness. And I think selfishness to a level is, is absolutely healthy. I think to have a lack of selfishness to any degree would be an unhealthy thing. And I think it would be a, I think it, to that level, it would be a sense of disconnection and discontentment and lead to probably lead to depression. It would be inhuman. You're 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 yeah. built off selfishness via evolution. Like you're you're it's in it's 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 ingrained inside your DNA, right? Like it's in our best interest for sure. But I think using that selfishness um for good and I, I think to just to end that point, I think again, for those listening and this is how I think about it and think through it. And I know that my impact is very small on the grand scale. But I also know on the micro scale, my impact could be great, which then could have a ripple effect to some change within people's thought processes, which is why I post a lot of stuff on challenging perspectives and being curious about multifaceted things, multifaceted topics. Um, that are that live beyond fitness, which is you know the point of both of our podcasts that mm -hmm. you can challenge and be curious about things that live outside or that are more than fitness, and that can pay dividends not only to your fitness life or your fitness relationship, but also um, those around you, which I think is very impactful. So if you're wanting to create change within your own life, if you're wanting to create change at all, it starts with those directly and immediately around you. And having challenging conversations, especially it's important as the time we're going through right now with everything, it's very important to have these these conversations that could create change, or at least a change of perspective or a change of heart in someone, um, and at least challenge a belief or bias that they may have. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. And I, what you said with the <clears throat> the macro and micro scale, uh, I really like because yeah, if we if we really if we really look at our impact in the the history, like whenever it can get very nihilistic whenever you understand your place in 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 this lifetime, but then in all of lifetimes, um, it's just it's so it's so easy to just be like, uh, but it's, it's so easy to say what I do does not matter at all. Like not even, there is no meaning, like there is literally no meaning. Um, but I think whenever you can understand that, that is also liberating in the fact of, okay, I've got one shot at this and it's not really going to matter anyway. So I might as well at least enjoy my experience here and I think, I think trying to chase that experience of, uh, um, of, of, of joy or just, just positive experience, I, I guess, uh, I think is, is it's just, it's, it's very, I don't know. I've been, I've been reading into this a lot lately and it's such a deep concept of, of just mind fucking me, to be honest, uh, about like just trying to experience things, whatever you want to call it, being in the present moment. Um, and and a lot of people talk about mindfulness and things, but I've actually been reading into mindlessness. Uh, and, and, and that's all based around just pure experience uh, and and living. Uh, the, so the book that I'm talking about is the one that I, I sent to, to you and uh, Cody and Miguel but it was it was direct truth by Kapil, Kapil yeah. Gupta. I have yet to get into it. I need to get into it. Dude, I need to get into that yeah. and already free. And I know it is it is they, it's it. it's mind blowing. But and, and the thing is is like I I'm not smart enough to understand if it's even right or not. And I don't think this guy is, is claiming to necessarily know. I don't know. Maybe he does think that it's right. But I, I it's it's very it's philosophical. But it's it's essentially breaking everything down and and what he talks about with mindlessness is like that you don't have any attachments towards any, anything and it, it's somewhat on the same realm that uh naval ravikant who i also love um he, he talks about how life is a single player game um and and how we do everything selfishly basically uh, but but it's it's again that's that's just how how we're wired with things but but living mindlessly and and because he talks about with uh Kapil, in in direct truth the book he 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 talks about if you you can't have you you want to escape right we want to or we want to be free from misery we want, we want to be free from anxiety and desire basically and and um uh, uh sadness whatever all these all these different negative emotions but he he was basically saying like you cannot be free from all of those with all th- with also trying to be free from happiness and joy and hope and desire and, and and all of these different things. So that's that's what he's talking about is 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 being mindless and simply experiencing, going through life and just just he he's basically like why does and again this is going to sound like woo woo bullshit to to people and I'm doing a terrible job of butchering it how to explain it because it's complicated and you should get the book. However, just read the book. <laughs> however, it is a really good book. It's short, it's a quick read and he does it from like a uh, question and answer type format. Like it's literally question and then answer the question answer. Um and it's he goes through a variety of different ones and it's great. But he was like why does uh um 
well, one of the first examples, he was like, whenever, whenever you're hungry, like, why do you eat? And he was like, it's just because, because, because you're hungry, right? He was like, is there any meaning behind that? Or he's like, why does the river flow to the ocean? He was like, is, is, why does the, the, the tree grow? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why, is there any meaning behind any of these things? They, there's no meaning. They just, it just happens. Like, it just works that way. You see what I'm saying? And it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's, it's really, it's just interesting stuff whenever you try to, to think about it that way and try to, um, give up the the struggle and the resistance against how you're feeling and and what you're going through uh and this is where the book already free which i think explains things a little bit more from like a scientific perspective and and less uh uh woo woo philosophical and the other guy's a doctor too but i don't think he's a, a psychotherapist like uh the the book already free is um and it talks about buddhism as well um but he in in already free he he talks about it in in a different light that's that's more comprehensible and i think it's it's it sounds more reasonable as far as giving up the struggle of of the immediate experience and anxiety and and more so uh just understanding it is what it is right and it's yeah yeah continue f- feel free to jump in because it's 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 a tough it's it's fucking tough to to describe to be honest yeah, it's a tough thing to talk about and i think because there's levels to it right so and so the first level i kind of started to to break that down with was when you said you know maybe it's not right well first of all if it helps and it's harmless I don't care if it's right. Um, that is the, in my head, the definition of the placebo effect. And there is a lot of scientific validity to that and countless studies on the placebo effect and the effectiveness of it and the importance of it within our society and our really our mental makeup. So as far as doing something that can help um, but it may not be inherently true. It, it is to me the placebo effect. And in this, like, like to me, like if you believe in crystals, okay, sweet. Like if crystals give you the life that you want to live. And I think I don't want to go any, you know, we don't have to go any further past this, but I think that's a, that's a kind of a, a level to religion. It's a, it's a matter of this helps. And so it gets me through what I need to get through, whether there's, truth to that or not, that's not for either of us to decide or even prove or disprove. Um, so to that level, like, again, if you're into crystals and you think that this certain stone brings you clarity, peace, tranquility, then awesome, dude. Like I am stoked for you because there are other levels to that. to where you can start to break things down too far, which I think someone who is this is where the the sort of well if you look at the the kind of the fitness way of looking at this more training volume isn't better more of a caloric deficit isn't always better more understanding isn't always better more curiosity isn't always better more challenge isn't always better like there's a point of diminishing returns if we're looking at this from like an economics perspective there's a point of diminishing returns where things start to be unhelpful. 
And I think to the level, like if you read the book, if you read Direct Truth, and that's why I don't always, I don't love like, oh, this is woo-woo. Like this is just, is what it is. Like there, I don't, it's interesting to me too that we, if we say something that's scientific, we're like, oh, this is scientific. Like there's not a disclaimer to science, but there's a disclaimer to, right. to natural causes of unexplained things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is interesting to me. But for the sake of for, for the sake of the art, staying on on task here, um, I think too much of something can be harmful. And we know that. Like too much water can kill you, et cetera. Um, so too much of the good can end up harming you. And so if reading a book like Direct Truth helps, if doing your morning meditation helps, if believing in crystals helps, whatever your thing is, whatever your belief is, whatever your way of living is, whatever that truth is for you, let it help. And if it's not harmless to others or yourself, then I say fucking rock on mm -hmm. because it's it's really hard. And I think it's part of the human condition, but I, and we all, I think all of our suffering obviously is individual and relative to our situation, to our understanding of our situation and our, our understanding of that specific uh, suffering. And I know for myself, I get myself into a lot of trouble because I am very curious and I'm very persistent within that curiosity, almost to a damaging degree where I am very laissez-faire, let it be sort of person externally, but internally, I am continuing to break that down. So if I saw value after, let's say the second level, I've worked myself down to level six. Now that I'm now at a level where I'm challenging what I saw as productive in level two, which is now taking away from my overall happiness and adding to my overall suffering. And it's like, more didn't help there. More curiosity, more challenge towards that didn't help. And I think it's, it's important to understand to a level or to a degree that just that concept of more isn't always better. Um, especially when it comes to happiness, fulfillment, and trying to rid your life of the suffering that you can rid it of. Right. And and with with both of these books, uh, the Already Free and Direct Truth, the, the biggest things, I think some of the biggest things that they're talking about is, is needing less and, and essentially needing nothing but yourself to experience happiness or to just experience like you can say yeah. happiness or, or or whatever it is um but but they 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 have this uh um idea of of where misery and anxiety and all these different things come from and it's typically from attachments towards things and it could be beliefs it could be stories that we tell ourselves about certain things so whenever you said the religion thing i think if whenever you said yes, it, it could have a net positive in someone's life and, and allow them to uh, act out as a good person because they believe in X, Y, and Z. It's like, but also, I if they un, if they understood, despite what your beliefs are, we can even just use this as a hypothetical. It's like they need that religion in order to be a good person or, or to, to act out in a way that they think is, is uh, holy or Christian or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, and, and so they, they talk about how the, there's still an attachment. There's it. still something that you need to, 
to do something or to to rely on a crutch, right? You need that glass of wine with dinner Even to with fully crystals. to fully yeah, relax. Crystals. You need crystals to fully. So it, yeah. it's essentially this idea of being self sufficient and, and and only needing yourself. And I know that that's again sounds narcissistic, and 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 um, people can can think of that what what they do. But but again, I think it's the power of the mind, man. I, I don't even think it's narcissistic. I think it's. I think it's interesting. Um, I don't know what it is off the top of my mind. Um, it's the truth. That's what he's really, talking about in the in the in the direct truth book. That's he he's like there is no should or should not. There is no good or bad. At least in what he's explaining, he was like, it is what it is. Like this is the truth. Like you have these. We have these attachments towards certain things. We need these certain things. And what he's saying is 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 being mindless, giving it all up. And, and that concept and thinking about that is so uh, uh, mind-blowing. And, and he even talks about – because then they talk about raising children. It's like, okay, well, what are you talking about? You want to have attachment to, to children or or people who you love, um, of course, like you want to. He was like, but what typically ends up happening whenever people have these attachments towards their kids is they actually restrict their kids and they hold them back or they try and live through their kids, right? They, they have these expectations for how this child should live their life and those exact expectations and attachments and their own uh, um, influence on that kid doesn't allow that kid to fully be themselves because they the kid doesn't owe you anything. The kid is a completely separate entity as a person. Like they are their own being that they can do whatever they want. Like they don't owe you anything. Um, and so to think that you have the power to control them or it, it, it all stems from your own attachment to to control them, to think they need to be this certain way. Uh, um, and it, it's 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 the idea of one thing that he talked about in in relationships uh, was the idea of with with you and your partner, right? A lot of people they're more so perpendicular with each other, so that's whenever problems can happen. That's when friction can happen between couples, right? He's like, what what instead is like think about it as being parallel to each other. You're both living your own lives, however you want to live. You're completely free from each other as far as. Uh, expectations or attachments or whatever. You're completely living in parallel in your own lives, but you're you're walking that path together, right? You're 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 hand in hand together. Uh, but whenever you're perpendicular to each other, there's friction. You run into you run into issues. You're butting heads. You're trying. You expect something from the other person. You're doing something with expe- expectations of them doing something else, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But it's that idea of because it's not just like giving up entirely on that person or not caring about them or anything. It's just like, you're your own person. They're their own person. And then you, you, you walk that road together. And then the, the relationship is basically like a third entity, right? That's, that's kind of, that's kind of what it is. And you're both taking care of that relationship and that connection together. Um, uh, and that's, that's somewhat hit what he goes about with, with, with kids as well. And I think it's just so, uh, yeah, that 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 idea of freedom and giving up the struggle for control uh, and somewhat surrendering to life itself and or or the experience like in this present moment, um, it's 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 interesting. It is. Yeah, I think um, looking at so judgments and expectations are a lot of the work that I've been doing for myself over the last couple of years. Um, and I found myself getting into a lot of trouble 
within my own mind, essentially. Um, when I have a, a judgment or an expectation based off a certain event. Um, and so it's, you know, it's, it's, the ideas are more or less rooted in Buddhism, but it's kind of, it's not the event itself that is upsetting. It's your judgment or expectation of the results. That's the upsetting part. The attached, so, the belief, the story, etc. Right. Yes. So like, let's say again, a loved one dies. The act of them dying isn't inherently bad. It's, it's, they just died. Right. And I think that's the point that, you know, Kapil's trying to make in direct truth. Like the tree grows, the person dies. Right. Exactly. It's your interpretation. It's your judgment. It's your attachment. It's your expectation that that person wasn't supposed to die. Well, you don't know that. Like, mm -hmm. who the fuck are you? Yeah. Like that person's dead. So, or that tree grew or that yeah. tree died or that squirrel's in your house or it's mm -hmm. not. So it's like, it's it's bad because you think it shouldn't be there or it's bad because you think it should be different and it's yeah and I, I think there's a lot of freedom to that detachment and i've talked about this uh in, in for my own uh in my own podcast episodes over the last few weeks is kind of this concept of um releasing expectation and releasing attachment or or practicing or actively practicing detachment or detachment from these concepts and ideas. And so it's like, and I, I think that's the beauty in when we kind of talk about what we, what we originally were talking about with serendipity. It's look, I'm going to wake up and I'm like, I'm working on a project right now, uh, the book, and I, I've been waking up. My alarm goes off at 530. I'm in here doing project work, writing, doing whatever I'm doing, organizing shit um, for the first two, two and a half hours I'm awake. I don't know what that index is into. Like, I know it's going to turn into a book, but like that could be why that could be accepted by people. It could be not accepted by people. And it's not that this process is good or bad or the fact that it turns into something or doesn't is good or bad. It's just the fact of the matter that these words will be put into a book that exists. And that's my only expectation. Like, truthfully, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know if people are going to enjoy it. I hope they do, which that hope is now an attachment and an expectation, right? And it's like, I don't think that's inherently bad to have some hope or expectation, right? I, I don't want people listening to think that like your existence is a blank slate of nothingness and you just walk through life of like, you know, like a sociopath. But that doesn't like, that, but doesn't that somewhat allow you to live completely free? Like, doesn't that allow you to completely do exactly what I you think if you're able to feel, um, so if you're able to feel, let's, I just need to get this out. Go so ahead. if you're able to feel something, so like practicing and that's where like the ability to have empathy or, or sympathy towards another thing or a belief or a loved one or the, um, like our, the person who used to do our landscaping, um, before, so our, my wife's grandmother used to live in the house we now own. And there was, um, one of the nicest guys, dudes I've ever met in my entire life. And him and his family used to come and do our 
yard and landscaping at the, the, the at this house. And since we've moved in, they've done it once or twice. Um, but once I got a mower and a hedge trimmer and like you get all the yard supplies, he came over because it's like his his thing was to he just came over every kind of periodically every every two weeks and would would do it. And he came by, knocked on the door, and he's like, you know, it looks like you guys had someone else do it, or you guys got your own stuff. It looks like it's already done. Um, just just checking that you don't need me. And like the the empathy I felt for him as someone who makes a living off client services, like I we my wife and I looked at each other, we legitimately felt terrible. Mm -hmm. Like we, watching him walk back to his truck was the it was awful. It, it was heart wrenching to be like. But it, I don't know it. That could be a relief to him. Mm -hmm. It could be like, oh man, finally, I don't have to do this yard, mm -hmm. or finally, I get more time with my family. Yeah, or fine, you know, it's like that. And there's many ways like you could look at this and and break it down. But I think it's important that we felt empathy in that situation. Like we we were able to feel for someone else, but we were also able to detach from that and just be like, well, this is just the fact of the matter. We need to save money. We have our own stuff, so why wouldn't we do it? And then for him, like, I can't put my beliefs or expectations onto him. Like, it could be a huge relief in his life. Right. Now we get to spend another hour, two hours with his family. Now he gets to take on a bigger yard, bigger client, um, because he no longer spends the time on my yard. And so, like, there's so many things that could unfold or happen because of that one thing. But I do think it's important that you have, again, like, you're you're not a sociopath in the way that you just... You, you can you can watch someone get murdered and you're just like, well, I have no feeling towards that. Right. But you're able to feel something, but then detach from it and then examine it objectively. Correct. Uh, I think it's more so because uh, I think we've talked about this before with meditation. You said that you used it as like a tool um, when you need it. Basically, I'm a fair weather meditator is what I'm fair weather meditator. Us. There you go. Yeah. And, and, I, and I like that. And I think that having this this th by reading these books and things and i agree because i think the the concept of, of being mindless is it's just it, for me i don't want to necessarily be mindless unless i need to be in that moment you know what i'm saying like unless i need sure unless certain I, times you need to be like a and like you said detached like you're yeah. detached from the experience it is what it is uh or, or you're not detached from the experience you're detached from the the beliefs the the attachments the uh, um interpretations of that event itself in order to to get you through whatever that is, um, and it's it's somewhat like this the stoic mindset, uh, etc. That's kind of like control you can can control, and if you can't, then you know it is what it is. Uh, but but yeah, I think I, I the reason why I like reading about um, the direct truth and then these books about freedom and everything is just because whenever I do have these these certain feelings and emotions uh, and these stories that I, I'm telling myself, I'm trying to have somewhat of a toolkit to deal with them uh, or, or like some Swiss army knife for for dealing with different experiences, right? That's kind of what what I'm going for here. Uh, and just, and then reading about those. And I think it, it does come, a lot of it does come down to understanding about these emotions and about these feelings and understand, like it is just emotions. And this is what I talked about uh, um, on the, on the email newsletter talking about success and, and, and how it's just, 
I feel like whenever you realize that life is just a series of games of you just trying to get to the next step in the, the hedonic treadmill. Um, uh, and so the story that I told real quick on my, on my, um, newsletter was somebody, I saw someone tweet. They were like, one day I'm going to be successful and I'm just trying to tweet this out there uh, to make that happen. So like law of attraction shit, right? They're just like, I'm going to be successful and it's going to happen, right? But to me, whenever I read that, this because this person, they were, I, I know this person, it, they, they have money, they have a family, they have a house, they have a career they enjoy, they're impacting a lot of people uh, on a regular basis. And, and then they say, one day I'm, I'm going to be successful and I'm putting this out there into the, into the universe. And I just thought to myself, I was like, well, I, I think that that person is successful. Like I see that person as a success. So why does that person in their mind think that they're still not successful? And, and, and that just, it, it blows my mind because whenever you have that realization, and I think this comes, it's with, uh, um, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? It's like, whenever you get to that point where you have financial freedom, at least, at least in the, the real sense of you have food, you have shelter, like you're, you're not stressed crazy about the bills. Like you're, you're okay. Right. I think whenever you hit that point, it's like, then you just, then that's whenever I feel like life kind of gets fun. That's whenever you're just like, okay, what do you want to do? Like what, like you're, you're all, whenever you reach that point to me, that is successful. Because, and then like, as long as I'm working towards my, my, uh, whatever, like I'm working, I'm refining my craft, right. Of, of being a coach or being a, a more elaborate thinker or communicator or, or whatever it is. It's like, as long as I'm doing that on a regular basis, it's like, I, I then see myself as successful. But whenever I give up this idea, this, this, this flagpole that is consistently moving that we call success whenever you understand that and put it in its place, then, then you, you give up the game entirely, right? This, this whole game of trying to constantly, oh, I'm going to be successful one day. I'm going to be successful one day. Whenever I reach X arbitrary landmark in my head that I'm trying to reach, it's like, then I'll be successful. It's like, you're just delaying your happiness until these set of arbitrary life conditions happen in your life. But the thing is, it's all relative and it's a constant, it's like, and the picture I used in the, in the email was a donkey with a stick over its head. And then it's chasing the carrot in front of them. It's like, that's all you're doing. You're consistently ch chasing this thing that keep, it's, 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 uh, uh, chasing the horizon. That's another way of looking at it, right? You, you look out into the landscape, into the beautiful ocean, you see the horizon and you're, you're running to, or you're, you're swimming towards it, whatever. Right. But the horizon continues to get further and further away. So whenever you realize that that is the case. Like we're never going to be satisfied because it's ingrained in our DNA to consistently want to improve and be better humans and to have more. That's whenever I feel like it is liberating and you can take a step back and, and almost just take a deep breath and just really think like, okay, what, 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 how can I make my day? And this is how I see success is like, how can I make my day exactly how I want it to be. How can I do what I want to do from the time that I wake up into the time that I go to sleep? Um, and even, even the painful things like Mark Manson talks about, like, like choosing your pain in life. And I think that that, like, I'm not saying that I'm going to wake up and just everything's going to be super easy that day. I'm going to have fires and things that I need to put out, but I chose that life. And that's, that's freedom to me. Whenever I can choose 
my my pains, and then I can also choose my successes uh, and the and the problems that I have to deal with on a regular basis. So so yeah, I think that the idea of success and the rat race of comparison with other people, um, it's just that's that's what I'm trying to really convey to other people because I feel like that's one of the deepest roots of suffering is chasing quote unquote success and and it's just whenever you have like i said whenever you have that financial freedom whenever you've got your bases covered you're good it's like you're in my book you're successful while if you're also working on your craft as well if you're also working towards something that you deem meaningful and that you enjoy doing you know would you agree yeah you think uh yeah absolutely man i um i agree with all that and so um Yuval Harari in his Sapiens book. I don't know if you finished it. Or you I have not it. yet. It's a big one. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a big body of work for sure. But in that, he he, I'm gonna. It's not a direct quote here, but he basically talks about how society, organized society, is the biggest pansy scheme of the human race to ever exist. It's the mm. biggest brainwash to ever exist. That we think that this is the best way to live our lives. Um. And it was, so that being the basis off of, you have to understand what the baseline was at the time, right? So let's take it more than, like greater than 10,000 years ago with the hunters and gatherers, like the way that their baseline was like, they had just enough things to get them by. They didn't have a lot of excess materialistic things, material things, because they had to carry those from place to place. So they only kept what they needed and they did what they needed to. So like a typical day of hunter gatherer, one, a lot of hunter gatherers. So I, I listened, I recently um, read civilized to death as well, which is a great, a great book. And it's well-written um, by Christopher Ryan, I believe is the author. Oh, Dr. Christopher and, Ryan. Yeah. And very well articulated um, book and also challenges a lot of, our preconceptions on again this sort of pansy scheme that is society um that has been reinforced by the white man the white european essentially throughout history as this good thing um and you know he talks about in chris ryan talks about in civilized to death kind of the he pulls from journals of like darwin and the these the guy uh the guys who basically the captains of these boats and the ships that came over or left Europe to basically come over, whether it was South America, uh, North America, whatever it was, to capture these lands and explore these lands. They're in their journals, like mentioned was like, we met some, like these were some of the nicest people. They were, they were, they seemed to be in the, the language they used was in, in very, um, very eye-opening. Like, they seem to be happy with nothing was like, uh, let's say the observation of, of the European, the civilized societal European, they would come over these hunters and gatherers, indigenous native populations who, and they would say they seem to be happy with nothing. <laughs> right. It's not that they don't have anything. They have yeah. everything they actually need. And I yeah. think that's an important distinction. And I think the point I'm trying to make here is essentially that's why understanding like you were talking about understanding not only how the mind operates and that emotions are just that emotions 
but also understanding, I think this is very important for people and why I'm passionate about evolutionary biology and, and just evolution and, well, evolutionary biology mainly, and then um, societal evolution is, is one interest as well, mm -hmm. is the, that understanding helps with your baseline of what is actually true. And I think setting a baseline is incredibly important. So let's pair all of this to fitness. Um, men and women can or has the, have the potential to gain as much muscle as the other sex. Mm -hmm. There is, so on average, males and females have the potential to gain the same amount of lean muscle tissue. In that, men start out with a higher baseline amount of muscle tissue. Therefore, if they're doing the same, all, albeit genetics and everything are lined up, if a male trains as much as that female, that male will have more absolute muscle mass, absolute gains relative to that female. Right. They because that start. female's baseline. Yeah. Yeah. They get a head start. Yeah. And so it's, I mentioned that to understand what I mean by baseline. And that baseline is very important as a metric because we say one thing, males and females can have the same amount of muscle mass. So we emission off that baseline, we now conceivably think, okay, based off of that, then women can be, which they can, relative to who's the comparison, mm -hmm. women can be more jacked than, male, than right. men. But when I say the other part of that sentence, mm. based off the baseline of them starting in the same spot, yes, but they don't. Right. Okay, so baselines are important to understand. And that's why baselines are important to understand, but also history is important to understand. Um, but just language in general, and going back to what I was saying about the let's say like the European and looking at their journals after coming to over to other lands and, and experiencing native and indigenous cultures, like what they said about the Native Americans, egalitarian, forgiving, helpful, be, like beautifully nice uh, people. And truly were in it for the sake of those around them and truly were in it for the sake of being egalitarian being forthright with everything they had to to keep the status quo of happiness and things to to keep going the way they were and for everyone to be healthy and and happy and fed and you know it was in your best interest to give to your fellow person um because there's going to be times where you have food and they don't, but there's going to be times that they have food and you don't. And so it's in your best interest to always kind of be in that egalitarian way of it's not mine, it's ours. If I have some extra, it's ours. Um, if you have some extra, it's ours sort of thing. Um, right. Because that short term self, that, that short term, sorry to cut you off, that short term selfishness of eating all the food and not sharing with other people. Sure, you may be fed that day. But whenever it comes to them finding food and them not sharing with you, well, that could equal death for you, right? Like over over yeah. a certain amount of days, right? So that that's what like what you're saying. It's in the best interest of everybody to share food and to become a society like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just a second the point actually I made at the very beginning, just to kind of wrap it up for myself. Um the that language that was used because it's perspective and judgment and attachment to things that we've been talking about throughout this entire episode to 
from the perspective of, let's say that native or indigenous person, they have everything they need. And within those journals and within those writings um, and within just European culture, like they would come over to these, uh, these places and basically insert themselves into their culture um, to gather data, to gather um, understanding of other cultures, mainly though, to push their agenda society onto other cultures. Like, Hey man, look how we're doing it. Yeah. We're yeah, fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. And so they even would even bring those natives and indigenous back. They would basically capture them. That's what they did. They right. took them hostage with, they didn't think so because their intentions were pure quote unquote. Right. Um, they would bring them back to their culture and say, bro, fucking look. Yeah. Right. This is awesome. Yeah. And, and those guys were like, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. You guys are miserable. Yeah. There's disease. There's famine. That dude's sleeping in shit. Yeah. Like that kid is walking around with literally pissed running down his leg right now. Like I don't understand. And then that guy next to him's got a Mercedes Benz and he's like right. dressed yeah. to and the nines. Like, right. Yeah. Right. It's like, and again, like historically, yes. For looking at this, it was much different. Like, but the slums that were created due to society and due to what society did for the ability of population growth like obviously we probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for society because the population wouldn't have grew as exponentially we our opportunity to exist wouldn't have happened blah 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 right history is rewritten but that said that doesn't mean that it was in just because it happened doesn't mean it was in the best interest of the happiness and fulfillment of the people that were here yeah um or advancement i guess or advancement in general of the 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 species right because yeah. you've got to think also techno because i i yeah i as far as baseline happiness with with those people, and, but you also have to think of like medicine and technology and the those sure. of and it, yeah. So but it's also just, a lot of disease we have yeah is due to society and due to the way that we now um, so a lot bef so hunters and gatherers they didn't spend time around livestock they didn't spend time around things that we now have coronavirus mm. um, mm -hmm. a lot of the um, things that we get from poultry or from livestock, a lot of the disease we have, I think tuberculosis to name just one there outside of, of COVID that we're now fucking dealing with. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are originated from basically societal livestock right. habits. So it's like, yes, we now have medicine to cure the problems we created. Um, but that said, like, and even this was another interesting point um, that, the civilized to death book brought up but it's understanding statistics how you should understand them and that we think of ourselves to be superior because of our life expectancy being greater which is a untrue statement if you actually look at the statistics so he explains them in the book very clearly as far as how we judge the statistics of life expectancy of the hunters and gatherers versus how we judge our own. And so we take into account all death for the hunters and gatherers, um, which brings their life expectancy down to about, I think that was it like around 35 years old or something. Right. Sounds about right. There was absolutely people who lived into their eighties and it was a common thing to live well into your old age in that, in those societies. Obviously, the ones that didn't have to completely move around and experience ice age, like a bunch of random shit, right? Like, sure, there's a lot of stuff that happened, um, but doesn't mean as a whole that those societies were set up to fail at 35. Like, 
they were taking into account the fact that yes, our advancement in like childbirth medicine and technology has helped more babies stay alive, um, which has increased the um, life expectancy for us and how we're judging that. So like, let's say one in five babies that were born lived past the age of 10 or something, um, which obviously is going to bring your life, your total life expectancy statistics down because let's say you have a fleet of 80, you know, 85 year olds walking around. Yeah. If everyone's fucking one out of every five people are dying before the age of 10. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many old ass fucking people you have walking around. Those statistics are low. Yeah, for sure. But then he brings up the fact of um, how many babies are lost. And again, we're not going to get into right or wrong here um, because it just is what it is based off of um, child loss due to either abortion or delivery complications or stillbirths or whatever it is. We don't count those within our census of life expectancy. Oh. in modern day statistics. We don't count those in there. Right. So that would fucking terribly wreck our statistics. Oh which, yeah. Again, oh, that would be interesting. You have to think about you have to think about what is the agenda we're trying to push upon look, the society and looking from it as a perspective as he was talking about as well, um I, which I thought was a very interesting point he brought up. We didn't have poverty until we had society. Because societies fueled, or poverty fueled society because now there's a reason. It's like if you look at hunter and gatherer, um, things which I was going to talk about earlier, or just smaller tribes, we could just call them. Mm-hmm. Um, again, hunters and gatherer, that's a blanket statement of how that tribe or little civilization lived. Right. Um, they did the work they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to hunt, they hunted. If they, and there's his, there's, data that he pulled off from archaeological data that he pulled from and people who are experts in those fields talking about the way that these societies lived or not societies but these tribes lived these people um this way of life that they lived like it you had a choice to do things obviously if you needed food you had to go out and hunt but if if there was a hunting party in your tribe like it was up to you to most of the time i'd say in most tribes let's say on average not all that you had the option to go if you wanted to right um and there were you had freedoms to to do what you wanted there wasn't it wasn't a life or death situation like i don't fucking feel like going to work today i don't feel like getting up to kill something um you had that choice which is a lot of but once society came along now the only way you can operate at that lower level is to do the grunt work of those who are now on the superiority of that hierarchy and you had to do the bidding for them which now your whole existence is making sure that society as it, as it stands with this hierarchical viewpoint um, structure is now fueled by that poverty and the grunt work and the minutia that makes up and keeps that engine churning, essentially. Like thinking of like watching the Titanic and it's those guys in the coal room with all the people up there at the top just enjoying talking about God knows what. That mm-hmm. is not a problem, really, mm-hmm. probably. Um, obviously until they hit the iceberg, that was a huge problem. Yeah. Um, but you got those guys in the coal room, that's shoveling coal into these fire, these furnaces that kept the giant fucking boat going. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's like, 
again, just it's the baseline of understanding. It's the baseline of perspective. I think that's so important. And I think it's the language that we're using to best explain. And like you said, with that tweet, I'll wrap this up. Like, like you said, with that tweet, I will be successful. And that is, we could say, if we're looking at sides of A and B, that is very much on the side of the societal driven European at the time of look, look at those people. Like they don't have success because they don't have this, but those people, let's say side B, the natives indigenous, they're looking at the Europeans as like those poor souls, right? They have so much misery and famine and unhappiness and so many things. Why do you have all these things? You're not even using that. You haven't used that since, you know, for 15 years yet you're lugging it around like, and there's so much unhappiness and it's, I think it's understanding that both are both and can be right. Both are and can be right depending on your perspective. But I think it's healthy to, to realize to be a reductionist in the way of nothingness, to, to be a reduction in the way of mindlessness of needing to kind of stay on theme needing less you don't need it you only need you truly need yourself and those directly around you who love you and keep your life fulfilled and happy and going from an emotional standpoint because that's an important part of health but it's understanding that baseline which i think is incredibly important and the whole fucking point of that whole riff or yeah. ramble yeah no I, I, I love it dude i i i 100 i i think we're And that is that, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Than Fitness podcast. And please, if you could help me out a little bit here and leave a rate and review in iTunes and also take a screenshot and post it up on your IG story. Tag me at mattmcleod6. I'd love to share it. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast and also so that we can share the word with other people. I would love to build up this community, build up this tribe of people that we have like you and I uh, and get the word out there. Uh, Also, if you want more free content, you can check the links in the description. I have my free four-week workout plan, The Ultimate Physique Development. And also, if you want to work with me online, one-on-one for personal coaching, you can check the link in the description as well. Uh, And anything else you need, please send me an email, send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. Again, thank you so much for listening.